Hi, I'm Brooke Spates and welcome to another episode of Regen, the podcast that speaks to leaders from across the SAP and SAP partner ecosystem to gain an understanding of the priorities, challenges and opportunities that are dominating our working lives. I travelled to Dubai at the end of last year for the partner innovation meeting. It was great to get some winter sun on my back and I also found the time to sit down with Timo Elliott, Global Innovation Evangelist at SAP and Mark Haberland, CEO at Clariba Sador, an SAP Platinum Partner. It's always fascinating to speak with Timo to find out how the innovations that SAP are working on will shape our future working lives. You can hear the highlights of our conversation shortly. But first, let's get Mark's perspective on working and living in Dubai and the changes he has seen in the Middle East in the 14 years that he's been in the region. Welcome to Regen, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to be in Dubai because you've lived here for some years now. Yes, over 10 years. 10 years. Oh, no, it's a beautiful city and at 30 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> every, every time I come to film these podcasts, I'm um, in, a, in a new country. I'm always like, the weather, the weather. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so, shall we kick things off with some background on Clariba? and your partnership with SAP. So Clariba as a story started uh, 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, our focus was always to basically allow customers to take better decisions through data. And we actually became a business objects partner in the year 2006, more or less. And then indirectly uh, became an SAP partner when uh, the acquisition of business objects happened, which was in 2008. And from there, the story continued into the Middle East. Uh, we originally started in Spain. And in 2008, we got a phone call, look, we have a problem in in Qatar, can you come and fix it? And that's how the story uh, for the Middle East for us continued. Now we're an SAP Platinum partner with offices in Spain, offices in UAE, Qatar, Saudi, and the rest of the world is part of the Seder Group. Wow, so you've grown massively in such a short space of time, it it seems. So now you work in the Middle East, how do you feel business here compares with the European market? Well, it's uh, slightly different. Uh, they're different, completely different markets. Europe is maybe a bit more mature when it comes to having already analytics capabilities implemented, whereas in, in the Middle East, this is still a relatively young field. But more importantly, the way of doing business is different. Europe is a bit more controlled. It's a bit more, uh, you can plan for things. The procurement processes are, are more structured, whereas in the Middle East, it's a bit more ad hoc. We have to be on our toes. Uh, you'll find you know, the procurement process might have 20 pages of terms and conditions, and one page of scope, and everything needs to be delivered uh, the next day. So different way of working, and uh, the tool of choice here is, for example, WhatsApp, something that you would never be able to use in Europe. Oh, interesting. So from your perspective and that of the industry, what is the perception of the Middle East? Yeah, I think the Middle East has taken amazing strides. We've been working here for the last 14 years now, and of course, uh, big maturity steps have been made. And I think what's exciting about this region is uh, the ability to actually innovate in a much faster way than potentially in Europe where there's legacy systems, uh, legacy policies. Here in the Middle East, when a country uh, and then the companies within that country decide they want to move things forward, whether that is uh, just today was an announcement on sustainability again, you know, these things can be taken in a much faster way. So the progress we've seen over the last couple of years has been incredible. Of course, UAE specifically with Dubai has made a huge focus on, on innovation, on attracting talent and retaining that talent with special visa programs and really trying to be on the forefront of technology. So you can follow the blueprint set by the rest of the world, whether it's their mistakes or their successes, you can sort of exactly. take from that. Exactly. Um, well. So I know in 2020, you merged with Partner Sador 
What has this meant for your business and your employees? How did they cope with this massive change? Yeah, fantastic question. Thank you. So I, I get my energy in the morning from elevating our customers and, and elevating our employees. That's ultimately what excites me and what gets me going independently of what we actually do in terms of delivering to customers. What do I mean by elevating? Well, ultimately, when a customer chooses for uh, Clariba, now Sador, they might take a risk by not taking one of the larger, safer SIs. And so we need to make sure that uh, we deliver, we bring the right quality. And as a result, the person who made that choice or the team that made that choice, they should be elevated. They, they will get that visibility in front of the board. And, and hopefully those people will then also be promoted to newer positions. And so the same goes for our employees. Right? Ultimately, I see uh, Clariva as a place where people grow. And I'm spending considerable time making sure that our employees get what they need to be successful in their careers, whether that is in Clariba or in the future and potentially a different employer. So when Sador came along, that was a huge impact positively in terms of that capability that we can now provide to our customers, provide a wider spectrum of capabilities to help them on their digital transformation journey. And at the same time, for my employees, it means a much bigger organization that they can potentially grow into laterally or, or, or vertically. And that, for me, was a huge, exciting opportunity that we could offer both customers and our employees. So you view it more as providing more opportunities than difficulty in, in terms of the merger. Amazing. So when was the merger with Kariba and Seidor? It was a very interesting time. It was October 2020, in the middle <laughs> of, of the pandemic. So a very interesting time and just one more message to try and deliver to the yes. team, as you can imagine. Now, we were very fortunate that throughout the let's say, creation of Clariva and very critical moments we were working with an executive coach that was helping us specifically during COVID when COVID first started. You know, we had no idea how to deal with this uh, the situation. We didn't know how to best communicate some of the potentially challenging uh, messages that we would have to give to the, the organization. And so we worked very closely with this coach and basically created three committees. One was a business continuity committee, an employee care committee, and also a customer committee where we mixed the management team together with uh, some of our employees to really look at how can we resolve some of the typical challenges that we were going to find in those three different segments. And we communicated all of this then throughout town halls. And at the same time, we also took the employee polls, thanks to Qualtrics, to understand what employees were thinking and how we could better refine our messaging. So then when in October 2020, I had to also announce yeah. a, a merger with Seder, of course. We were certainly much better prepared in our communication. And we had, you know, prepared kind of the change management that we would have to bring in to make sure that we bring everybody on board uh, with the right message and to demonstrate that opportunity to them. So what motivates you personally and what do you think really motivates your staff? Look, I mean, when you're running a, a small-sized company like I was and then you join a big entity like uh, Seder, you know, the opportunities are just so much bigger. We operate today with Sador in, I think, 41 countries. Wow. Um, and so that allows us to now rethink uh, of what we can actually do. Well, we've been working and focusing primarily in the analytics and corporate performance space in the Middle East, in Spain. And now the opportunity is really for us to, to go out there and to also deliver those capabilities potentially in other countries. Uh, so personally, for me, that's an expansion opportunity for myself to be able to grow the business into into new geographical areas. And uh, at the same time, you know, we touched a bit on it. For me, it's it's all about my employees. Without my employees, I would be nowhere. So for them, you know, to to see them, you know, grow both technically, but also by bringing in their personal skills that they learn along the way, 
the customer interaction that they have, especially here in this region, which is which is quite complex and, and demanding. When I see them then potentially grow into a new role within Sador or potentially even outside of Sador, and I continue to see them to evolve uh, in, and take bigger roles, you know, that's what really motivates me and that's what makes me happy. So what does this mean for the future? Look, I think it's an exciting time. Uh, organizations are all you know, working on moving to the cloud, making sure they have the right digital capabilities in-house. And for a very technical team, which is, of course, Clariba, Sador, we have a tremendous opportunity for growth and to provide customers with capabilities that they absolutely need to have to be able to survive in, in the kind of world we live in today. So I'm, I'm very excited uh, for my team, which is really what I, as I said, get up for in the morning, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to to drive new capabilities for customers, for them to learn uh, also new technologies and strengthen, of course, also the partnership that we have with SAP because, you know, now we are one bigger team that can provide end-to-end -end capabilities along pretty much the entire SAP solution stack. So, mm -hmm. exciting times. And it's a plan to grow even more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Great to hear. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been amazing to hear your insights. Hi Timo, how are you today? Great, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for being here in lovely Dubai and I'm really excited to hear your insights tomorrow at the Partner Innovation Meeting. I'm looking forward to it. Timo, as we move into 2023, what do you see the key trends being and what should our partners be aware of? So a big part of my role as an innovation evangelist or innovation advocate is to talk to customers about what's top of their mind, what are they working on in terms of innovation, and then try and share that with the rest of us so that we can all be more successful. And there are basically three high-level areas that I think are really interesting right now that we can implement next year. So the first is everybody wants to innovate faster. So how do we actually do that? How do we take our companies today and move them to what Gartner calls the composable enterprise? All of the analysts have a very similar vision, where you have a solid information foundation, and then you build more modular apps, the building blocks to create what they call composable applications. So every organization I'm talking to is trying to move to that kind of infrastructure to be able to innovate faster. So that's the number one trend. The number two trend is linked to that. It's about letting business people do more of that innovation themselves. If we get it right, and those building blocks are easy to put together, then we can let business people actually create their own end-to-end -end business applications and get rid of that bottleneck of them having to go to IT anytime they want to do something new. And the final area is in order to support all that, people are looking at data and analytics differently. For a long time, we've tried to bring all of the data into one place before we've done anything, ripping it out of our production systems. Now people are realizing that if you really want to be able to use that data to do business processes differently, it's better to bring the technology to the data rather than the other way around. Actually leave the data in the operational systems, but again, bring it together on the fly to create this next generation of applications. That's great. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes in 2023. So how will these impact how SAP engages with customers? Are we offering anything new to address these trends? So, of course, this fits in perfectly with SAP strategy because it was built with our customers and what they need. So around this notion of innovating faster, obviously, the move to the cloud, Rise moving to the S4 HANA, the clean core, so that companies can set themselves up for faster, more iterative change in the future. Then, especially the SAP BTP platform, so that the platforms market, the set of solutions, a unified platform in order to be able to innovate faster is a key part of our strategy. And it's one of the fastest growing areas of the SAP portfolio and the software market as a whole. 
And then when it comes to the solutions like SAP Build, we just launched at SAP TechEd last yes, week. Yes, so in Las Vegas. So that is uh, solutions designed explicitly to empower business people to innovate faster. So it gives them the tools to automate the most boring parts of their job. And one of the key parts of our vision there is the ability to do not just low code and pro code, but what you might call co-code. So this is where you, in order for the business people to be able to innovate without creating chaos, you want to be able to set them up with the predefined business objects or contexts to reuse all of the effort you put into your SAP systems to create business metadata and hierarchy and securities and things, and then just provide those objects like customer or invoice or an action like ship to customer, provide those as building blocks, and then the business people can just drag and drop those building blocks to create their own applications with SAP build apps, for example, they formerly called AppGyver, some technology that we purchased in the last couple of years. So ability to accelerate uh, innovation faster with business people. And the final area we talked about was closing that gap between action and analytics. And that's a fascinating area. People are moving towards what's more of a data mesh strategy where instead of trying to bring the data together, you connect to it rather than collecting it. And we have a fantastic set of solutions in that area around SAP data intelligence, obviously the whole SAP HANA cloud platform, and then the SAP analytics tools on top. Lots of interest around planning and predictive planning for business people and finance. Amazing. So what should our partners be capitalizing on? So doubling down on all of those growth areas. So SAP BTP, We've seen lots of excitement from partners because it really is an opportunity to rethink how the ecosystem works. Instead of doing customized changes for individual customers, we're starting to see our partners be able to build those bricks. So add on solutions or templates or libraries of functionality that people can bring together to create these new composable applications. So investing in BTP, not just in services around SAP and helping customers implement SAP, SAP BTP, that's a big opportunity, but then building actual solutions on top. That's where the real opportunity is. One of the things we haven't mentioned yet around that area is SAP Signavio. Mm -hmm. So this is a whole set of solutions to help people around business process. And it turns out that's a fantastic fit for the rest of the SAP portfolio. In particular, it provides everything you need to build the ROI cases for skeptical business people. One of the things I've heard over the last few years is you know, yes, I know customers, they, they want to move to the cloud, they want to move to S4 HANA, but they don't really see the business case except for maintenance going away in a few years' time. This is a great antidote to that. SAP Signavio has some business process intelligence tools. It's a bit like having an MRI or an X-ray that you just shine into your business processes and it can tell you what's going wrong. Uh, here's how it's supposed to work and here's what's actually happening. Here are all these exceptions. And it turns out that is a fantastic way of representing the opportunities to a business person. So you're showing them in an interface that they really understand, business process focused, not just data sets. So using that to build the case for innovation and change, and then we can show them the best practices available with S4HANA or as an innovation built on the SAP PTP platform, and really show them how the world would look better with uh, innovation. 
So those two things together have really helped accelerate innovation, I found. Mm. Some really exciting things going on, but what do you find most exciting? Which innovation are you most hopeful? So without a doubt, it would definitely be this growing ecosystem, an explosion of opportunities to innovate faster between the business people doing more themselves and then our services partners moving from one-off customizations to reusable solutions in building blocks. Those two things together. I have this vision of what you might call one-click innovation. So today, if you look at the portfolio of solutions available, we have everything you need to diagnose a business problem, to look into somebody's systems and say, look, here's what's not working. Then we have a whole raft, an ecosystem of fantastic solutions for a particular industry or line of business. And we, in a cloud environment, we can actually install those solutions in customers' environments so it appears almost as a seamless feature of what they're already doing. So you bring all that together and you should have a customer who's able to click a button and basically it will go out and find what's the biggest business opportunity, propose the solution on the SAP store, you click and it appears in my customer environment and it just works better. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, there's a lot of manual steps behind that process today, but we should be able to do all of that far more automatically. And that's exactly what we're working on in the years to come. So one click innovation. I love the sound of that. Sounds good, doesn't it? Now yeah. we just have to deliver. <laughs> so if you were to look into a crystal ball, what do you see for the future? So this is an area, obviously, well, there was a lot of people at SAP whose job it is and really focused on that future vision. So let me just mention the uh, SAP Innovation Center Network. So it's a group of teams from around the world that includes uh, the futurists who are really looking like 10, 20 years out. But the core of it is a team of people who are looking at the business problems that we can't solve yet with technology and then working with our customers around the world on proof of concepts and what that might look like. And so that's the team that I would recommend talking to. And they're working on some fantastic areas. So for example, uh, we talked about this notion of composable applications. What we really want to do, of course, is do that not just inside an organization, but across entire industries. So cross-process workflows, what does that look like? How do you generate trust? How do you make it transparent so that people can work together quickly? Then there's everything to do with data and analytics, uh, introduction of artificial intelligence and machine learning means that we should be able to do a lot more of that automatically. So we have the working on systems that look through all of your business processes and your business data and spot anomalies. Hey, here's something going wrong. What's happening there? And then we can use things like knowledge graphs to get all of the context of why it might be going wrong and then looking to translate that into human language to be able to explain it. So again, we talked about one-click innovation. This is sort of one-click, tell me what's going on yeah. and why. Then they're also looking things like uh, security, a lot of concerns and interest around security. What does that look like in the future? And quantum computing. Uh, it's a few years out, but we know that will radically transform some of our possibilities in business. So for all of that, there's a lot going on. My job is more to see what people are already doing today and then share that with as many people as possible. But we're absolutely got our eye on their further future as well. Sounds brilliant. Well, that sounds like a great note to end on. Thank you so much for joining Regen today. Thank you for this opportunity. A fascinating glimpse into the future there from Timo Elliott, Global Innovation Evangelist at SAP. Thanks so much to him for his time and insights, and also to Mark Caballand, CEO at Clariva Sedor, for taking us through his business journey. 
During my time in Dubai, I also sat down with Supriya Jha, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer at SAP. And you can hear our conversation on the next episode of Regen. But that's all for this episode. Don't forget to follow the series on your favourite podcast app. And if you've enjoyed the show, please do give a positive rating and review. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Brooks Bates. Thank you for listening.